Shalom, and welcome to Israel Policy Pod. I'm Evan Gottesman, Associate Director of Policy and Communications at Israel Policy Forum. And today, for a really uh, insightful breakdown of what happened in the recent Knesset election, as well as where Israel is headed and where the Israeli public is headed with regards to some very important uh, issues on the national agenda, including the fate of the West Bank and the question of annexation uh, versus separation, two states versus one state, I'm joined by Camille Fuchs who is a professor emeritus at Tel Aviv University. He's an experienced pollster, and he has the distinction of producing the only correct exit poll in the recent Knesset election through his work for Israel's Channel 13. Uh, He also co-authored the new book, Israeli Judaism, A Portrait of Cultural Revolution with Shmuel Rosner. Uh, Camille, thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Great. So let's uh, take a step back and look at the... Uh, election. Uh, what happened? We saw a, yeah. a really strong showing uh, for Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, and right. also the rise of a, a large opposition party, um, creating kind of a, a binary yeah. situation with the two parties right. for the first time in a while. Uh, how did we reach this point? Well, uh, it was based on the formation of new parties. Basically, people didn't change their opinions. Uh, they just, uh, they were creation of new parties. Uh, in the center left, it was a new party, which is, which was a, uh, which is a fusion of two, two big parties and some as, and then, then taking the votes from the labor and from uh, merits, which, uh, uh, which left, uh, which uh, lost a lot of uh, a, a lot of votes. Uh, you, so you're speaking about Benny Gantz's Kahol Avan party, this right, new the, the, Okay, and party. so so Gantz Kahol Avan party is together with the other party, which was uh, uh, the Yesh Atid, uh, and that is uh, Yair Lapid's party. So they together they formed a new party that at the beginning uh, of the polls, they were about, uh, the polls predicted them something like 26 uh, mandate in the Knesset, and then when they uh, uh, were formed, some people from uh, who, who, who uh, had intended to vote for the Labour Party, then they joined them as well. Uh, uh, the, the point was, an important point is, that they were not able to attract a lot of the people from the right. And that is why we see the Netanyahu's party so strong in this election. And speaking of Netanyahu and Likud, we, you know, in watching the election and, and watching the campaign and how things were panning out, there's a lot of attention paid to his uh, corruption scandals, right. um, to his uh, ideology, to his uh, alliance with this Kahanist faction, right. uh, Otsma Yehudit, um, and yet he, he comes out with this strong showing. What allows Netanyahu to retain such a strong base of support in Israel uh, through it all, despite these, uh, these scandals, despite uh, the pending indictments now uh, making you know, the, the prospect a prosecution official? Mm-hmm. Um, how does he do it? Well, he doesn't have to do it. <laughs> the problem is that, that uh, the, the, the Israeli public, those who support him, uh, basically say Israel, uh, uh, Netanyahu is good for Israel. That's as simple as that. Uh, they don't say, uh, some of them say that all, uh, uh, all the trials are going to, to end up with nothing, uh, to, uh, nothing. and they say, say uh, others say, so what? That means, okay, 
some of the people say maybe it is maybe he is corrupt, but he is better than than, every, than anybody else with them. Also, Netanyahu brings a lot of pride for a lot of Israelis. That means the fact that the, uh, Netanyahu uh, is a friend of uh, of uh, of the, uh, the American president uh, Donald Trump, and he can uh, go to and speak with Putin, and he can be, uh, speak with people from uh, from India and Indonesia and so on. Uh, that gives uh, the Israeli feel that that is a, an international recognition that is brought only by Netanyahu and nobody else on the other side can bring that. Also, let's put uh, the economic situation in Israel is good. Mm. And, uh, and uh, also we, we didn't have major uh, war, major uh, intercalations now. And the people feel quite safe. And and uh, if is a, if Netanyahu said that he wanted to be remembered as a protector of Israel, that is what he's playing on. That he is a protector of Israel. He gives security to, to the people, and uh, also an interna- international relations which are done only by Netanyahu. So it's not necessarily an identification with a clearly outlined ideology or philosophy. It's a, it's a sense of comfort with the, with the leader. With, absolutely. You know. Absolutely so. Yeah. Um, and, and is this something that's ever happened in Israel before, or is it only a product of Netanyahu having such a, a long, uh, uninterrupted term in office? Um, well, that certainly happened in 2015, in the last election. That mm-hmm. means that was that. And, and the party of Netanyahu can go, to, uh, can go to the election without a platform. They don't basically say what exactly they are going to do in everything. What they are saying is that we are... A, a, a right-wing parties. We are going to to make a right-wing uh, coalitions, and we are going to be the defenders of Israel. Do people even have a sense of what right-wing means, or is is it really a marker of a of a certain political alignment, or is it uh, almost uh, affiliating with just a side in the? Well, when you ask it in Israel, and we ask them all the time. That means how many people def- define themselves as being, uh, you, you say, I'm, I'm very right, right, uh, mid, uh, middle, uh, so, and, and, and center, and, uh, and, and left. Then the great majority of the people define themselves as right. Right. And so uh, to, be right, to be on the right side, it's part of the family. That is what we are. That means that it comes together with a sense of nationalism, and does come and together together with some traditionalism that it comes also with not being uh, uh, like not being uh, that, that keeps a, uh, some religion a bit of tradition and so on but also a, a sense of we are Israelis and we are proud of it right and and in the uh, in some of the recent polls that I, I've seen uh, you have a very small percentage of Israelis identify as uh, just left wing absolutely as opposed to center it's around ten percent correct right right and 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 so, ten to twelve yeah so so in that uh, sense if you have people feeling that they're uh, right wing because it provides them a sense of belonging or it provides a sense of affiliation then people who are left are are on the outside right. That, that so, so it's 
us versus them. <laughs> right. It's it's the it's the Anachnu uh, Ohem, the the, the, right. the Likud slogan. So that that um, that puts things really, uh, I think, into perspective and into how uh, how Likud uh, keeps uh, coming back election after election for the past ten years. Um, and, and being able to uh, cobble together a coalition. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that Likud uh, doesn't have um, a really clearly defined platform, but in the lead-up to this election, uh, we saw every Likud uh, candidate, every Likud member of Knesset running for re-election um, endorse some form of West Bank annexation, whether you're talking about right. uh, applying Israeli sovereignty to certain settlements or, or to broader proposals, mm-hmm. and this came through um, a variety of avenues. Whether it was, uh, you know, statements in the media or, or pledges that they made to pro-annexation NGOs, right. um, that is a, a statement of a clear policy position. Why do you think they're not exactly? What ha- what happens is that they didn't want to lose votes to the extreme right. So the people who started this kind of annexation was Bennett's party, and that was the party which is the new right. They call themselves the new right. And they started with them that we want to annex what is today called the, the Area C, which, which is the area which is less populated with the Arabs, and, but it, it, divi- that, uh, that it divides the West Bank. Right, it's the, it's the only contiguous territory of the three uh, the, the West three, Bank West. areas, and it's where, it's where the Israeli settlements are. Right. Yeah. So they, they wanted to annex that. So when, uh, when the Likud party candidates come and say that we are for, for that, is in order not to, uh, to lose votes for that, in fact, to uh, uh, to to uh, to absorb votes from that, and that is how uh, the Bennett's party uh, were not elected at all to the Knesset. They couldn't uh, make the threshold of three point twenty five percent. But even if it's not uh, the main issue for a lot of these Likud candidates, or even if they a lot of them just said it as as an election day pledge, right. it's still bringing the issue into the political mainstream. And you see now. Uh, as the coalition negotiations have commenced, uh, this union of, of right-wing parties, they're bringing this issue into the political mainstream in, in Israel. It's, part of, it's becoming something that's more uh, openly talked about. Absolutely. And, and I think that the fact that, that some of the candidates of the Likud did that, uh, uh, it, was less impo- it is less important than the fact that Netanyahu himself during the election, he said that he is thinking about the annexation. And that is a, the main issue. And the question that was asked in the Israel newspaper is that uh, uh, some, somehow that it was in, in agreement uh, with, a, with a Donald Trump's uh, uh, proposal agreement that, that we are all, all waiting to see what is going right. to be as a, as a, the initiative that is going to be there. So, uh, 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 so uh, Netanyahu is, is on board on the problem of annexation, but you don't know what kind of annexation we are talking about and what kind of uh, things are, are, are being talked uh, and how is that going to wind up. But it is true that the, that the extreme right, they want annexation as during the, the preparation for the new coalition. 
And when we discuss uh, how the Israeli government feels about annexation, mm-hmm. and, and this is an issue that at Israel Policy Forum we're focusing on very closely, uh, we we often talk about the question of public opinion mm-hmm. and where Israelis stand on annexation. And you often hear, um, and probably citing some of your own statistics, that most Israelis oppose annexation. And on the surface, that's true, that, that, there, that there's a large block that oppose annexation. But um, some of the studies that I know that you've conducted then show sort of below the surface, it's, it's not that just that most Israelis oppose annexation, it's that they oppose annexation as their first choice, as, that, an, end, as an end to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So can you uh, explain how, uh, how these, these uh, conf- conflict endgames play out uh, if you give people a ranked choice? Well, that is very well put. Yeah. Uh, that means uh, annexation is not the first choice. Annexation is probably not the first choice, not the preferred choice, if you have some other so- solution put on the table. If you, for example, you have se- the following four op- uh, possibilities. One, it is uh, a unilateral separation from the Palestinian, or a bilateral se- uh, separation from Palestinian ba- based on the two-state solution. Or you have annexation, or you have a continuation of the status quo. Now, if you have uh, those four possibilities put on the table, the preferred uh, annexation is not the first solution for more than 17% of the population. However, if you ask the, 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 the people, do you agree or you don't do disagree with the following statement, Israel has to prevent the creation of the Palestinian state by annexation, by annexation of the settlement territories from Judea and Samaria, you jump to 27%. And also, if you have, you prefer another one, uh, another possibilities, and you say, well, but if, uh, if what is your second cho- choice, then the, the second cho- choice, choice is, go- is going to be or uh, is another 17 percent will will say annexation as a second choice. So you have 17 from the first one and 17 as a second possibilities. So altogether, uh, I think that annexation is 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 not a preferred choice. But I don't think that it he has a very strong strong opposition. Right. That that you have uh, people who say they support, uh, for example. Um, separation um, mm-hmm. in some form, so a, u- a unilateral uh, separation from the Palestinians in the West Bank to some degree. And um, on, on one of your charts, I see forty-seven uh, percent of people are supporting this as their uh, first choice. Right. But then, or twenty-four percent of them are saying that they would support annexation as as another choice. Right. Um, so that's not people whose ideology is defined by the question of separation versus annexation. It's this. This would be it. Would be my preferred outcome. But if we can't do that, then this is okay as well. And 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 twenty four percent. That's not an insignificant group of people. We're talking about near, nearly a quarter of the people. So um, um, I don't think that if if the annexation will come on the table, it's going to be a, a, a riot situation in Israel that people will fight annexation very strongly, especially if it, there is going to be an agreement and it's going to be acceptable also by the American administration. 
Right, and, and we're also probably not talking about the emergence of annexation as the, the wholesale absorption of even all of Area C at once. No. If they start with just Male Adumim or, or the E1 area, um, the, even the right can make the case to the center, well, this would probably be part of Israel under a two-state solution anyways. That's right. And, or, or, or this is de facto already part of Israel. There's not a border. There's not a... a, a international uh, crossing that you're going through to get to these areas anyways. So what's the harm in doing this? And, and, and yeah, and then you, you, you get piece by piece. It's yeah. a, sort of a, the dominoes start to fall. We always said that we are peaceful station, piece by piece. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, that, that's and, and looking at this, uh, this uh, poll, um, the smallest group appears to be the, the group that supports and agreement with the Palestinians yes. as their first choice. We're talking about 5%. Yes. That, and, and, and that agreement, um, you know, implicitly is something that the Palestinians would accept. And, and so we know the Palestinians are probably not going to accept annexation. So we're probably talking about a two-state solution, even though it doesn't say there's... Or, or unilateral separation. Right. So, so um, you know... People the, are unhappy with, uh, with the status quo. Right. Right. Um but there, there's also not a strong push, even though there, there, there's a, a disillusionment with the status quo, there's not a strong push for a final status arrangement or, or something. No, no. Uh, however, it's not, there is not a strong, a strong push. But if uh, Netanyahu will bring a, a, a two-state solution arrangement, then uh, I, go, I think that, that the, the public will applaud, the great majority of the public will applaud. Right, but he's not. He's not positioned. He, he hasn't positioned himself to no, to be doing that. And, and I, I think at this point, he, whatever his personal beliefs, he has moved himself and positioned himself well to the right. Um, you know, because I, I think, and I'm not necessarily saying uh, you are pushing this point of view, but I think that there is a point of view that people still hold on to, maybe from 2009 or, or even from his his previous government in the 90s when there was the Wide River Memorandum that Netanyahu uh, will deliver a more centrist policy because because he has the capability to and I agree that he he had he might have the capability to but I don't think he will I, That's, I, I agree with you yeah. people in Israel say that uh, that if if a two-state solution or an agreement right. uh, is to be made it is probably better to be made by somebody from the right and not from the left Right, and, and, and I think uh, going back to what you were talking about at the beginning, about people trusting Netanyahu and people believing in him as the protector or, or feeling comfortable with him, uh, that's something that uh, Gantz's camp and, and Gantz specifically uh, in this pr- past election tried to capture. Oh, that's right. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't think that I, I, uh, I agree with you with saying that people trust Netanyahu. That people think that, he be, that Israel is good for Israel, but when we're talking about trusting, meaning that they, uh, they believe in everything that he said, that's probably too, 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 too long a stretch. Right, I, I, and I don't, yeah, I, I don't mean trust and trust in him as an honest person. I, I, may, I maybe mean more trust, the, that, trust that things will be okay. That's right. Or, or, so, trust so, that, that he is going to do the, thing, the right thing for Israel. Right, right. Um, do you think that, uh, I mean, did you do any, any polling during the election about how people felt about uh, Kachol Levan and, and Gantz? And, and, A lot of them. <laughs> and and, and how, how did people feel in Israel about his, his uh, 
potential to to play the role of the of caretaker, the protector that Netanyahu likes to Well, uh, in, all the, uh, in absolutely all the polls that we had before the election, we asked the questions um, uh, uh, between those two, or sometimes between three or four, who is uh, the most capable to be the, the Prime Minister of Israel. And uh, Netanyahu is, uh, is ahead of, of uh, Gantz by something like 14 points. Mm-hmm. So, so if if uh, if Netanyahu, uh, if there are several of those, then uh, Netanyahu will have something like forty-four, and and uh, and Gantz will have about thirty. So, so in, in uh, even in even very close to the election, he wasn't very close to uh, to Netanyahu as being the most fitted man for the po- for the for being the prime minister, mm-hmm. and 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 that despite. Uh, Gantz coming from the military, for, from having his position as the chief of staff. Right. Um, Netanyahu is still able to to hold on to it. Was there any indication or, or, or any uh, direction that you saw indicating what people wanted to see that 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 Gantz was missing, or that the of center course. was missing? Of course. Yeah. His experience, the experience of being a prime minister. That mm-hmm. means that, and we, I know, this, people say. I know that with him, the security issue is going to be taken care of. Right. But what about the other issues? What about the relations with the, with the entire world? What about uh, the agreement? What about the, the United States? What about uh, the United Nations? How, how it's going to, to work out? And I don't think that, that, uh, that uh, um, Gantz is perceived as being as good as Netanyahu in those issues. Right, Netanyahu is a very carefully curated image of himself that he's right. put on uh, in terms of his ability to conduct diplomacy and Absolutely. to um, take care of the state, the economy. Um, but does that provide is does that provide a certain catch for anyone who's trying to unseat him? Because if the if the qualifier is that you have to have been prime minister, <laughs> there's only three people in Israel who that applies to, and probably only one, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, who who could. Uh, um, you know, organize a, a group of people around him uh, large enough to, to propel him uh, back into the, the premiership. The yeah, right. right, right. That's true. That's true. Uh, it means uh, people people say, "Why take chances?" That that that's basically what what we have. Uh, it, it, you see, when you uh, when you go in, in Tel Aviv, you say, uh, "Okay, who, who are you going to vote for?" They say, "They say Netanyahu." Is that anybody anybody else? That's what they ask you. That means basically saying that is there anybody else who is able to be prime minister? Of course, not the, 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 uh, it's not the majority of the people who say that, because the majority of the people didn't vote for Netanyahu. They voted for other parties. But they have enough people for him in order to, to, to be the prime minister. Right, and, but they're also... To be the biggest they're, they're voting for other... There are people voting for other right-wing parties that they know are going to recommend Netanyahu right. as, as the prime minister... Um, when when the dust settles and when you know yes. people people vote for Avigdor Lieberman aren't expecting Lieberman to be the prime minister absolutely or, or and uh, and if people who vote for Shas for example for the religious party uh, 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 their slogan was Netanyahu needs uh, needs a strong Shas party so that is how how it that, goes 
that's an interesting to me that's an interesting spin on, on what happened in the last election in 2015 that I, I know Meretz was coming to their voters saying if you want the labor party you want the Zionist union to be leading the government then you need Meretz to pass the threshold right. because they need they need a partner to exactly form the government with well, the two parties solution is something good yeah <laughs> and, and there's something to be said yeah so so it, it seems to me and and and, and I'm curious what you think of this, but it, it seems to me that the question is really how the first post-Netanyahu election takes place, whether whether it's because he retires willingly, which which I don't know how likely that is, or because he's in jail, or because he, he's, he's under house arrest, or he's in and out of court, or whatever, whatever it is. Um, the, the real open-ended question is the first election that he's not a party to. Um, and, and where that goes. Well, uh, the polls, uh, we, we asked those questions about the polls. Uh, we, we had a lot of polls uh, who asked the following question. Assuming that Netanyahu is not going to be the leader of the Likud party, and those will be, uh, and those are all the parties for whom are you going to vote. In that case, uh, we saw that uh, the Likud party is losing about four mandates out of something like 30. Right. So, uh, so it's going to lose a bit, but not much. We didn't ask about s- very specific persons. We are said that Netanyahu is not going to be there. And and, and then we, and we asked the, about Gidon Saar at one time right. and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but it's always like that. So uh, so the great, to, uh, uh, if I want to summarize this, this point, I would say that uh, the, the great, he, they are not going to disappear, the Likud party. They are right. going to be strong enough, not as strong as now. Th- things are not set in stone necessarily for the future, but, but what Netanyahu has managed to do is uh, create a situation uh, in which uh, Likud really uh, ha- has a degree of permanency. It uh, has a degree of affiliation. The yeah. people affiliate with, with the Likud. They call themselves, I am a Likudnik. Right. And they define themselves by being a Likudnik. And that doesn't happen, for example, with a, it happened before with the Labour Party. So, I mean, people were Labour in the time of Ben-Gurion and the people of Rabbit. The people they defined as a Labour. Now, in the middle left, the people move from one party to the other. They don't move from the Likud. Right. Right. That, 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 that's interesting to me uh, that you say that. Um, sorry. It's funny that you say that because I, I, I agree with you. And But to me, it's also the smaller left-wing parties that have the strongest sense of affiliation. When people are talking about during the election, whether or not Meretz, uh, for example, is going to cross the threshold, this isn't backed up by any empirical evidence, but I always had a strong feeling they would end up crossing the threshold, not as a large party, that they, but that they, they're going to end up crossing the threshold because the people who vote for those smaller parties, uh, especially on the left, to me have a stronger sense of party affiliation right. than the people who are voting for the larger party because if you're still voting for this four or five seat party, you're doing it for a reason because you, you really believe in what they're about because you know they're not going to lead the government. You know that they're probably going to be the opposition. Um, but you, you have a strong sense of affiliation. So it's interesting that on the left, that's only with the smaller parties, but on the right, that the, the largest party yes. um, is able to, to, to capitalize on that. That's right. But, uh, but you see, it, but in the election, last election, I was there, and, and I wasn't as sure as you were uh, that they are going to, to resolve. Because there were a lot of people who voted what is called strategical vote. Right. Because when people said that, uh, that the president is going to 
to appoint the person who has the the, the majority of the vote, the, uh, right. the, the, uh, the plurality of, of the vote, not, not more more than fifty percent. Then there were people who left merits and went to vote with with guns. Not very happy about that, but but some of the people from merits, I know them personally, that uh, they went and they voted for right. Guns. No, no, and that, that's something that that uh, I had heard about as well, and 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 um, and probably why they they were pushed so close to the threshold in, in the polls. Right. Um, but just in, in in the grand scheme of things, and certainly after this election, now that uh, Gantz is in the opposition, Kachalovan is in the opposition, um, there's there's probably and even as you mentioned, the people who were merits voters who were vo- who voted Kachalovan didn't do so enthusiastically. No, there's a stronger sense of affiliation with their their Mer- own political home, even if it's a smaller one than uh, with the the larger camp. Absolutely. Um, so. I guess to, to close things off, uh, where do you see things going from here um, <laughs> with, with the, the overall, um, you know, people talk about a, a rightward shift in Israel. And we talked about how the, the large, uh, the large grouping of uh, Israel, the largest, sorry, the largest grouping of Israelis identify as right wing. Um, is there anything that you think could, could buck those trends or that well i don't know i think that uh, that uh, that the prospect of uh, this uh, trend are are grim also from a point of view of the relationship between israel and the jews from the united states i i don't know that means what what is going to happen in uh, during the 2020 elections and what is going to happen uh, uh, with the support uh, that uh, that there is going to to be given to uh, uh, to, Isra- uh, to Israel for the, by the Jewish election, and uh, I I see the situation in Israel much uh, much more adversarial between the two groups. That means that left and the right are not only left and right, but they are once against the other, and uh, this situation. Um, it, it's probably going to be with uh, with us for a while. Mm. Right. Not, not very optimistic, I, m- I must. Admit. Right. That 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 was what we were talking about. The, this idea of right, the right wing being the family and the left being the outside. That's right. right. Um, so I mean, that it may not be an optimistic appraisal, but it's probably it probably holds holds a lot of. Uh, it probably holds a lot of truth, and and uh, <laughs> and and, and uh, you know with the prospect of another election probably not too too long down the road um we we need to be aware of that and and how that's going to shape uh, the next time uh, israelis go to the polls to vote um and, and possibly in a, a post netanyahu election um so uh camille uh thank you for joining us and, thank you uh, for for having me yeah, here um it was, it was it was great to have you on the podcast and that was uh, Camille Fuchs, who is, again, a professor emeritus at uh, Tel Aviv University, um, pollster for Israel's Channel 13. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, had the, the only correct uh, exit polls uh, coming out of the last election. And uh, he is the author of Israeli Judaism, a Portrait of Cultural Revolution, uh, co-authored with Shmuel Rosner. <laughs>